0: And so, what we wanted to do in this series is just simply to present Jesus, and um, we're on part three, because there's what's better than Jesus, right? Can you think of something? Let me know. I mean, I just love Jesus, and and so, if you're new, if you're new, don't be surprised. You know, you, can, you know, right? I don't know why you came this church, right? We like Jesus here a lot, right? We think, <laughs> we think he's all right, all right. And so, if you're new, if we're if we're, if you're new, though, and you were like me, when I first came around, I didn't think Jesus was that hot. And so, so you know, if you're kicking the Christian tires, this is the best place in the world to do it, because all of us came in not necessarily thinking that Jesus was fantastic, but we just came in um, for all sorts of different reasons, and um, he made himself beautiful to us, and so I suspect that he'll do the same with you, um, and so I hope um, that you allow that to be. Uh, there have been many, many stages in my life, many times in my life where I've lived in darkness. What I mean by darkness is deep, disgusting sin. The kind of stuff that you don't confess in front of a bunch of people, the kind of stuff that you just don't talk about. Secret stuff. And so I remember when I was in that kind of a lifestyle and living that way, everything was tainted by my sin. Every relationship, every conversation. And so I had to remember lies that I had told people. I had to keep particular people who knew each other and knew me, I had to keep them separated so that they wouldn't ask questions about my whereabouts or what I had been doing. I had to mastermind this lie that I had been living. I had been living in the dark. And it wounded me. Now, while I was living in the dark, I knew I was living in the dark, and I didn't want to live in the dark anymore, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to fix me. But anybody who's ever done a do-it-yourself fixer program on themselves (laughs) has discovered that that don't go so well. And so... I wounded myself even more. I said, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to use willpower. I'm going to move the address. I'm going to get the girl. I'm going to change the lifestyle. I'm going to stop hanging out with these people. I'm going to start hanging out. The problem is the place. The problem is the people. The problem is the things. And I found out that the problem was me. And living in this darkness, I wounded myself. Perhaps you're here. And this is a great picture. The darkness that we're seeing in this room perhaps is a great picture of the life that you're living. Maybe, 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 I don't know. I don't know your story. But maybe the picture and the face that you put on your family is not the real one. And you keep on, maybe with a loud voice, telling your children, don't talk about what happens in the house. Some of you grew up that way and you saw the damage that it did to you. But maybe, maybe your wife's heart is broken and you keep on telling her to keep it a secret, to make sure that she smiles when she meets everyone else. Maybe, maybe you don't lend out your laptop because you're afraid of what might pop up on the screen because of the sites that you've been on. Maybe, maybe... You're not so truthful about everywhere you go because some of the places you go are not worth sharing with others. Maybe, maybe you're living in a dark like this. You know, Jesus knows that in your heart and mind is this propensity, is this, is this leaning towards living in the dark. And so he said, I'll be your light. And he becomes the light, not only of the world, but the light in your sin-sick darkness. He becomes the light that powers through even the evil that you found yourself in for a long time. And he will be the light of the world and illuminate whatever area in your life need be. Now, if your eyes had to adjust to this light, let me just tell you that the gospel's like that too. When you live in the dark for a long time, it's offensive, it's difficult. You listen to the gospel and you're like, eh, maybe not so. Maybe I don't want this. But I suspect, I suspect that if Jesus brought you here, it's because he wants to get to know you a little bit better. He wants to save you from your sin. He wants you to be in the light even as he is in the light. I know, I know right now in your mind you go, oh my goodness, but that would mean I would have to stop or I would have to start or I would have to confess or I would have to. And, And right now I just want you to know that Jesus wants to draw you to himself because darkness is hard you ever woke up in the, right? It's, it's a terrible thing to wake up in the middle of the night, have to go to the bathroom and stub your toe because you've been walking around in the dark, right? right, right, right. Yeah, and for some of us, our lives have been like that. And Jesus is like, okay, enough dark walking. I want you to be free. So today we're going to look at, and we usually look at a whole pericope. You know, we, we look at a whole thought. Um, in the Bible today, we're going to look at one verse, and I'm praying that God will help us to see him as beautiful. But listen to me, and this is a big deal. If you want to live in darkness and hypocrisy, if you want to live with that gnawing sense that there's something not right, if you want to go on in life doing you, this message is gonna hurt. This message is not gonna be comfortable. But God can bring freedom, even if you desire sin, even if you desire darkness, even if you... Listen, God changes the heart. You go, but I've been in this for too long. Listen, not so long that God can't transform you. But I've been doing... I've been acting this way my whole life. Not so much that God can't revolutionize your whole soul. And so... We're going to look at the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12. Now, it is our tradition to stand at the reading of God's word because he is incredible. And so we stand because his word is something else. And so in a nice, loud voice, I want you guys, um, and if you're here and you don't have a Bible, uh, you can, right, there's different ways you can get to your Bible, right? You can click on it on your phone or your iPad or whatever like that. Or you can open up your good old-fashioned paper Bible. If you're new, we've thought about you. If you open up your bulletin, we have the scriptures right there. But we're only going to read one verse. It's going to be verse 12. In a nice, loud voice, on the count of three, I want you all to read it with me, okay? One, two, three. When Jesus spoke again to the... This is God's word. Please have a seat. So Jesus is at a party. It's this incredible feast called uh, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. And so they're remembering this incredible act that God did to save their forefathers long, long ago. Let me tell you the story. So the Jewish people are in bondage for years for decades, for centuries. They're slaves to this superpower at the time. It was called Egypt. Egypt had them. They were the workforce for Egypt. And they had them making bricks and whatever else they had them doing. And so the people were stuck in bondage. They thought that they would never be free. They thought that the... the, the their life as slaves would always be. There would be no change. And so could you imagine what happened in year 100 of their captivity in slavery? I could just imagine some dad trying to teach his his kid, saying, hey, son, let me tell you about the great God who brought Abraham out of Ur. Ur. Let me tell you about the great God who brought Noah from the flood. Let me tell you about the great God who created the universe. And I could just imagine that young boy at the age of 14 looking at his dad and goes, this is stupid. (laughs) My grandfather was born a slave, lived a slave, and he died a slave. God is not down with us. You who are my father, you were born a slave, you live a slave, you will die a slave. God's not with us. I have been born a slave. I am now living a slave. God, and I will die a slave. God is not with us. You know what? This is probably some of these uh, religious kind of ideas that they use so that keep us happy, to keep us contented, to make us think of something other than the oppression that we're experiencing now. This is like some man-made religion that, that was imposed on us so that we don't act out and rebel. This is just all meant to control us. And at year 100, who could argue with that kid? And at year 200, who could argue with that kid? And at year 400, who could argue with that kid? But it wasn't so. God loved his people, and he was doing something very, very powerful. And he was waiting for the perfect time. And somewhere around year 430, when that teenager was saying, and your father will die, and you will die a sl-, and then something miraculous happened. He sent plagues. He sent this servant, Moses, who sent plagues, or sent through Moses' plagues and parted the Red Sea. And y'all have all seen the movie, right? right, So you got an idea of what happened, right? So they go to the water, then it parts this way and that, and several million people walk through. And God gets the glory. Now, while they were there, God had a very interesting discipleship program with these Jewish people. He had to teach them a lesson of reliance and obedience on God. So what he did was he fed them manna every day and he led them through this cloud. I want you to learn dependence and leading. I want you to learn dependence. I'm going to let it rain manna. You're going to pick it up every day. So every day you pick it up and you say, oh wait, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. And then I also want you to depend. I want you to follow me. I want you to be guided by me. I want you to be led by me. And so he had this pillar of Fire. Someone say pillar of, fire. pillar of fire. A cloud. It was a fire. Nobody. The only way they could, they could describe it was a pillar of fire. And so for 40 years, that's how they were led. They were satisfied by the food that God gave, and they were led by this cloud. Now, fast forward that a few thousand years. Jesus is on the scene. They're at the Feast of the Tabernacles remembering this incredible story about how God had liberated them. This, and this one uh, time throughout the feast, at the end of uh, the feast, they would light these torches, these massive torches. They were at the tabernacle. And this is the tabernacle that they had um, during Jesus' day. And so it was right here. It was pretty cool. And um, so this is the court of the Gentiles. That's where me and you would have to go because we weren't uh, Jewish. And so right in here was the Holy of Holies. Over here, this is where Jesus spoke, probably around here. This is the the treasury or the court of women because they had men and women um, stand apart. Now, here's the big deal. Why am I telling you that? As Jesus stood right about there, it's nighttime. Can you imagine? It's nighttime. They're celebrating that God had delivered them from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. They're remembering that God was a pillar of fire. That he was a light to them in a dark place. That when all hope was lost, God gave hope. That when all direction could not be found, God gave direction. That when, they had, when everyone else in the world had darkness, they had light because God was Leading them. So at this feast of the tabernacles, the torches come on. And, they, I mean, you know, they don't have Yankee Stadium's floodlights, right? This is as bright as it's going to get at night, right, with these torches. So it's as bright as it's going to be. These torches are going, on, going forward. The, the men are dancing around and singing great songs to God as they carry torches themselves. And it's in the midst of this whole history and in the midst of this festivities that Jesus stands up and says... Torches, lights, everything, history. He says, I am the light of the world. That's awesome. <laughs> if this was like a real southern church, some of y'all would have said amen at that moment, right? Jesus says, I And you remember the light that brought the people who were in bondage, who didn't think that they could be freed from their bondage? The people who were generation after generation were caught up in, they were caught up in slavery to someone. They remember the ones that were hopeless and helpless and couldn't be freed and who thought that they were going to live and die slaves. Remember the one who led them through a pillar of fire? But I look an awful lot like that guy. I am the light. Not of a bunch of slaves that were existing a few years ago. Listen to me. I'm a light. I'm the light of the world. And his light is powerful enough to shine in any darkness. Man, you can't produce a darkness that his light can't shine through. You You can't be. You go, oh man. I love hearing about what God did for them but I tell you, my story's different. And you might be able to say, but you don't understand. I was born like this. I've always been like this. This is the way I am. I've given into this sin so many times. I've stopped acting like the sin is sin anymore. It's just a part of who I am. And Jesus would say, no, no, you don't get it. In your darkness, I am the light of the world. You say, no, but you don't get it. I, I I've tried to change. I've tried to be different. I've tried to turn over a new leaf. And Jesus goes, That's the point. Stop trying. Stop trying. You're a mess. Listen to me. Here's the deal, okay? Let me just tell you. Because you came to church, so let me give you your money's worth. Um, Mm -hmm. You're a mess. And if you could fix you, you would have fixed you by now. Isn't that true? Like, I got stuff that it's in my own life. And maybe I'm the only one, right? You, some of you are, all t- are, are too cool. But um, I got stuff in my life. I got stuff in my life that I wish weren't true about me. I got, I got stuff in my life that I wish I could have. And if I could, I would have gotten rid of them by now. Listen, if you came here, let me just, let me just say this as clearly as I can. The last thing you need is more religion. The last thing you need is more dogma. The last thing you need is more rules and regulations that you could follow so that you could fall on your face and say, this does not work for me. The last thing you need is more try harder, do better, work up the energy. That's the last thing you need. Here's what we know. The gospel is not your are bad, Try harder. That's not the gospel. The gospel is we're bad, and Jesus died for our sins. And He lives. Listen to me. Not only did He die for our sins, but He can in us do greater things than we could ever do. That's why He says, Without me, you can do what? No thing. But with me. Oh, my. All sorts of things can happen. All sorts of bondages can be broken. All sorts of slavery can be led from slavery to freedom, from captivity to the promised land. Jesus spoke again to the people. Now, this was just not far from when Jesus tells them that he's the water and, and that they should, okay, so he's, he's not only the water, but he's the light He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. That's crazy. Now, if you want to find out how offensive this was, all you have to do is read 13 and 14 and 15. The religious people of that day are arguing with him at this point. But Jesus is making some simple statements. He says, I am the light of the world. Now, here's some instruction. Now that you know that I'm the light of the world, now that you know that I'm able, that I'm powerful. And what is it to say? Listen, Jesus is saying that I'm the one who leads the captive free. I'm the one who leads the one from bondage to to the promised land. I'm the one who leads those who are stuck and broken and sin-filled and hell-bound. I guide direct, light. I light their path. I am the light of the world. So since he's the light of the world, he decides to give us some instruction and it's not bad instruction at all. He, whoever follows me, will not, never walk in darkness. Now here's the deal. If you're in darkness and someone strikes a light, do you tell them to put that out? Okay, no, of course not. But the light of the world says, listen, if you follow me, I'll illuminate your path. I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll give you direction in everything, in every area of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So there's two applications that we see here. One is for Christians. One is for non-Christians, right? If you don't know Christ, if you're if you say, you know what, I'm just kicking the Christian tires. I just want you to hear this. Listen to me. Jesus extends himself to you. And the last thing, man, you don't need to hear this word that Jesus will light your path, that he will illuminate your life, that he will guide and direct, that he is the light of the world. You don't need to hear that message and go, no, I think I'll stay in darkness. I like my darkness. It's comfortable in my darkness. Don't do that. Don't do, listen. Don't do that. But you can turn to him. And I got news for you. if he brought you here, right? If, if he brought you here, it's because he wants relationship with you. If he brought you here, it's because he wants to dwell in you and walk in you. So if you don't know Christ, would you come to him? And here's the gospel in a nutshell. You are worse than you think. Amen. And you are more loved by Christ than you can imagine. Amen. That's, that's the gospel in a nutshell. You are worse than you think. Oh, no, you know, I want to look in the mirror and say I'm a pretty good person. I get it. Me too. I want to say that too. I just can't convince myself. I have far too much history with myself. You're worse than you think. And Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He knows you down to the core. He knows you better than you know yourself. If you don't know Christ, you can come to him today. And it looks an awful lot like just simply going, God, just here's, I confess my sin to you. In other words, I'm not trying to fake it anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you who I really am. I'm not trying to lie to myself. I'm not trying to lie to you. I'm not trying to lie to anybody else. This is really who I am. I'm a dirty, rotten, blah, 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 blah whatever your deal is and go, would you save me? Would you, you paid the price of my sin on the cross? Would you draw me to yourself? Would you help me to experience the joy of the price that you paid? If you don't know Christ, I encourage you to come to Christ. You don't have to wait till I'm done talking. You can do it right now. If you know Christ, Jesus says, whoever follows me won't be in the dark. So, There's this image of him leading us out of darkness. He's the light. We're in bondage. He leads us through the way. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is not saying, whoever follows me will never sin. Because then Jesus would have no followers. What Jesus is saying is that you won't have to live in the dark. And aren't you tired? Isn't walking in the dark real hard? And so here's, here's a concept. Jesus says you don't have to live in the dark. You can be, listen, you can be messed up in the light. Isn't that cool? Isn't that good news? You can, listen, you can, you can have a bad marriage in the light. Your marriage could go through a tough time and you don't have to fake it. You don't have to act like it's all okay. You can come, wouldn't it be cool, wouldn't it be neat if there was a community of people who just insisted on walking in the light because their savior told them that they could if they followed him. And then if you came up to me and said, how are you doing? I said, I'm a mess, man, I'm lusting real bad. Would you pray for me? And that you wouldn't think the worst of me. You go, you too, me too, let's pray. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be something if we had a community? Wouldn't it be something if we had a community that said, okay, um, how are you guys doing? Well, okay, me and my wife are on the brink of divorce. We haven't talked about it with anyone. We need counseling. We need help. Would you just, can you help? Wouldn't it be something if that was our community? Wouldn't it be something if those here who have 20 years, 15 years, sobriety, clean time, however you call your um, deal, wouldn't it be cool if you said, you know, I just, I think I'd like to take a drink? You know? Is it safe, folks? Is it safe? Is this community safe for us to do that? To walk, he who follows me never has. Listen, the last thing the world needs is another Christian hypocrite. The last thing that the world needs is another bad actor in Christ. The last thing that the world needs is a Christian walking in darkness. Man, listen, listen. So yesterday I have a party, a bunch of hipster pastors, right? I'm, I'm reaching out to the white community, right? And so I'm connecting with my white brothers and they're a bunch of hipster pastors and somebody brings over champagne. I, I haven't had a drink. I haven't had a drug in 23 years. Brought the, brought the champagne. That's yeah, cool. He brought the champagne, and there was something that kept on coming back to me, saying, like, I wonder what that tastes like. Because I never tried champagne, right? Like, you know, right? It's like, right? Is Colt 45 champagne? I don't think so, right? Is that? I don't think it's champagne, right? So, all right. Jack Daniels isn't champagne as far as I know, right? So it's like, okay, so, but so I've never tried it before, and, and it kept on ringing in my head. Let me ask you something. Is it okay? Is it okay if I just live in the light? And I just go, man, I, that just came back a few more times than it should have. When I was a little boy, a man, a grown man, took me into a room, and I died that day. Bad, bad things happened. All sorts of unspeakable things that you can't say in front of young children. Horrible things happened to me. And ever since then, I've had attraction with other guys. And is it all all right if I say that? See, because we're talking about living in the light. Throughout the year, about two or three times a year, um, my wife and I need to go to counseling because if we don't, we are at each other's throats. Because Is that okay? Can we, can we, can we say that? can we stop being, listen, Kim, I'm just so sick to death of fake Christianity. I'm so sick to death of having the light before us and, and hiding in the shadows. I'm so sick to death of being given liberation and choosing bondage. I'm so sick to death of watching people come to church and dress in their Christian clothing and eat their Christian cookies and then wine kill, commit suicide by the end of that road. I'm sick to death of that. And Jesus, it says there's a way out. You can walk in the light. You can be in the brightness of his Shekinah glory. You can walk in the beauty of who he is. And because, listen, because, watch this, watch this, if all of y'all lost respect for me, he has a great deal of love for me. Because my identity is not found in your respect or your view of me. My identity is found on the Galilean who died on the cross. See, If all of you don't like me because of what I just said, he thinks I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so I can walk in confidence in Christ. Listen, if all of y'all turn your back on me, he says, I'll never leave. Never forsake you. Ever. If everyone... Listen, why? Because my security... Because my identity, because my beauty is not found in the opinions of others, but found in the gospel of Christ, I can walk in the light because that light is very beautiful indeed. So what you're going to do? You're going to stay in the dark? Are you going to, so here's, okay. So if you're convinced that you want to, who here wants to live in the light? Anybody? It's like, all right, there's four or five. Okay, yeah, more than that. Okay, great. Okay, great. So if you want to live in the light, here's how we're going to do it. This is where the rubber meets the road. Okay, I want you to find somebody who is a Christ follower that you love and respect, and I want you to tell them the truth about you. Start there. No amens? Yeah, it's a quiet crowd right now. Oh, wait, you mean you actually want us to do what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Do you have your person? Yeah. Now, watch this. I don't want you to call your drinking buddy if you want to drink, because that's not going to help. I want you to find a person who you respect. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Young, as, a young, as a young boy, and throughout my, man, throughout my young adult life, too, I, I, I got captured by images that were horrible, so I clicked on things and I looked at things, and it killed me, nearly killed my marriage, right? So I have this thing, and it's it's this um, program. It's like for free, although if you want, you can pay for it, so you could get the extra features. I'm cheap, so I just get the free version, and so. <laughs> but every two weeks, every two weeks, my. It's called X-Watch. It's supposed to go out to my wife. The reason I have it going out to my wife, so if I watch anything, if I look at anything on any of my devices or on my computer, specifically on my laptop, my wife, in two weeks, gets a list of the places that I visited. Now, why do I have my wife and not say, you know, some young single guy who's, you know, why? Because I really, really don't want to disappoint my wife. I want to live in the light. So, but ultimately, my desire not to disappoint my, my wife is a longing in my heart to live for Christ. So now watch this. I have people that I tell that I would hate for them to know that I'm doing something wrong. Who are the people that you know who are in your life, the people that, you know, they're, they're the first name that came up, and you said, um, no, not them, and you went down on your list, right? Who is that? Who, who can you be honest with? And you go, but, but wait, 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 I can't be honest. If I, if I tell my wife, she'll leave me. Oh, brother. Walk in the light. Whoever walks in the light will never walk in darkness. But if I, if I tell my boss... I'll get fired. Brother, sister, whoever walks in the, in the light will never walk in darkness. I want so bad for all of us to experience the freedom that there is in Christ. And so if you're in Christ, I want you to walk in Christ. Do you have the person that you're going to tell? Yes. Are you going to live in the dark? Some of you are. <laughs> I'm sad for you. I don't want you to. I don't want you to. Listen, listen, I'm your pastor and I love you with all my heart. I'm going to give my life to you for the rest of my life. You'll come back here in 30 years and I'll still be here if God gives me 30 years. Listen to me. Let's walk in the light. Oh. Let's be of a, voc- listen. Let's be a community of people who are real messed up and overjoyed in Christ. Amen. Let's be a community of people who don't shy away from our weaknesses and don't, don't give them power. Because, you, you know, your secrets grow in the dark. Right? It's, it's the moment that they're exposed. There's death to them. Oh, but you know what? I'm a pastor and I can't say that. If I say that, then, you know, people... Th- Listen... It's all right. It's all right. Live in the light. Whoever walks in the light will never, never, never be in the darkness. I encourage you. Walk in the light. Now, you can't do it on your own, so here's what you do. You go, Jesus, guide me. Give me the desire. Give me the strength. I can't. And what you'll find is as you live in the light, your desire for Christ will grow. Because you'll have brothers and sisters who are praying for you. You'll have couples who are praying for you. And you'll find that while this is the very first step of walking in the light, being honest, telling others, it doesn't end there. So we're going to have a time of communion together as the musicians come up. And we're going to sing a song And as we sing a song, listen, listen, listen. Those of you who say, you know what? I think it's time. I think I'm going to stop putting my bondage before Jesus. I'm going to stop putting my slavery before Christ. I want him. For those of you who want Jesus, man, this is an awesome opportunity. And so you go, how do I do that? It's simple. Right now, from your seat, you just simply go, God, here's my sin. And if you're like me, you, you, you confess, oh, man, uh, you know, five years old, this terrible thing happened, and I just kept on perpetuating it, you know, as I grew older. Um, if you're like me, you might go, oh, man, champagne glass, and I still want it. And whatever your sins are, I don't know what your, yours are. Your deal looks different than my deal. But I want you to just kind of share that with Christ and say, Jesus, would you trade my wickedness for your goodness? Would you trade my sin for your righteousness? Remember what the gospel was? You're worse than you think. And Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. Like he sees all your grimy, all your dirty, all your filthy. And he says, i pay for that. I'll pay for that. Oh, I, could, I know you're fighting. I could see it in your soul. You're just fighting and you don't wanna give in, but listen, he's better. Light is better than darkness. So, for those of you who don't know Christ, I want you to just take this time as they sing. I want you to just sit there and ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, here's my real sin. And whatever comes to your mind, just confess it to him. And say, Lord, would you, be the, would you be the Lord of my life? Would you be the boss of my body? Would you be the director of my movie? Would you just be everything to me? And for those of you who know Christ, who you love Jesus, and this was just a reminder to step out of hypocrisy and walk in the light like a bunch of slaves walking through water into the promised land. You can enjoy that now. You pray, and then we'll have communion together.